Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Fonnie Willis files an emergency protective order motion uh, seeking basically a protective order on all the discovery that she's turning over in her Georgia election interference case. There have been unauthorized leaks. First ABC and then the Washington Post got these videos uh, from an unknown source. Fonnie Willis is saying it's not her, right? She didn't do it, her staff didn't do it, but somebody leaked this information uh, to the press. And what is the information that got leaked? Well, as we know, she charged 19 defendants in a big sweeping RICO case in Georgia. And uh, about five of the defendants have pled guilty at this point. And several of them are, they're cooperating, right? They are going to testify at the upcoming trial in exchange for that cooperation. She got, um, they got very lenient sentences as one does when you have cooperators. And so she's already gotten several defendants out of the case. And many of them are the lawyers against, uh, that Donald Trump relied upon or claims to have relied upon, um, but really conspired with to steal the election, break into, uh, voting machines in Coffee County, et cetera. And in order to have them be cooperating witnesses, what the prosecution did here was they took statements from them uh, and they videoed them. So they recorded them. And I think that's really what the prosecution utilized to determine their credibility, but also to lock them in so that what they're saying, these statements will never come in at trial because they're out of court statements offered for the truth of the matter um, asserted, which is hearsay. Um, but they could be used to impeach them if they ever change their story. So that's why Fonnie Willis recorded these statements, right? So that if, if ever they change their story, if they somehow change and they no longer are saying what, what they said they were going to say, she has them here. Um, and she has these, these statements. Um, and she has them recorded. Now, as a result, it's called discovery, meaning you have to turn that over to the remaining defendants because these are, these are, these are prior statements by witnesses who will be called uh, to testify at trial against the remaining defendants. So that's what discovery, one of the things that re- you're required to turn over in discovery. And so that looks like that's the most logical leak source, but you know, it could be someone else. It could actually be someone in Fonnie Willis's office, although um, I'm sure it was, it's not someone she, I don't think she knows about it because if she did, she wouldn't be then seeking this emergency application. Um, but, but it is possible, right? That someone could have done it. It could be a court clerk. It could be hackers, you know, but, but the most likely 
um, suspect would be defense attorneys who, or defendants who received this information. And, you know, you wonder why would they do this? Does, does this hurt their case? Does this help their case? Um, Fonnie Willis is taking the position that it's to intimidate witnesses. And therefore, as a result, she, you know, she said, um, they asked her, is this surprising? She said, no, but is it disappointing? Yes. So she said, look, this doesn't hurt the government's case. Um, I don't, you know, the DA doesn't want it out, but, but honestly, so what, right? Does it really hurt the case? It doesn't. Um, but it shows that there are these conversations, you know, that, that, that are good conversations between prosecutors and these witnesses that, that the prosecutors aren't forcing them to say things. They're not, you know, berating them or beating it out of them that this is a collegial, you know, um, proper questioning, right? That there's no force or threats or anything going on there, which is also helpful for the prosecution uh, later on at trial. Um, and, you know, but it's unclear whether these these statements hurt Trump or help Trump. You know, these statements, some there are some things in there um, that that are helpful to him and some things that are hurtful to him. Like, for example, it shows that that Trump is cherry picking the information that he wants to listen to, you know, from his various advisors. He there's, you know, there's information he wants to believe, but it's unreasonable to have this belief. And and I think some of what came out in the in these statements will, will show that. So um, by filing an emergency motion, by the way, because you can just file a motion anytime. Um, but um, but it's but an emergency motion will get your case heard immediately. So that shows she's not happy. She wants this right away. Um, what do these statements do for Jack Smith? You know, I think it does complicate things a little bit, but it does give him a preview of what these witnesses would say if he chooses to call them. But, you know, it's out there now and it's out there for, for his case. He's going to have to deal with it. You know, so, so that'll be interesting if he's going to call some of these witnesses, potentially. Now he has, he has, will have those statements to have to deal with. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. So you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets. And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash legalaf to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo legalaf at checkout, you'll get three free towels 
and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash legalaf and use the code legalaf to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash legalaf to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. So I do think it's this is bad news for the remaining defendants. I think it's pretty damning. And I think, you know, let's just go over some of the things that were said. You know, first of all, these are statements that are under oath, which is also a good thing. That's why they can be cross-examined. Uh, with them. And so Powell's statement, for example, one of the things she says was, was, um, was Trump's instincts told him that he had been defrauded. Not that he had facts necessarily, but his instincts told him he had been defrauded. And he said he saw the vote totals. He saw them then roll backwards on election night on TV. But of course, we all know that that happens because certain, anyone who's watched the votes come in, you see different districts come in at different times. And sometimes people are leading, sometimes they're not, it changes. But he said he, he saw the vote totals roll backwards on election night on TV. He saw unbelievable spikes, how far ahead he was in different states when the machine stopped counting. He should It should have been impossible to make up these vote differences without shenanigans. And his instincts told him something wasn't right. His instinct was that he had wrong was that he had won, sorry. So he didn't have facts, he didn't have evidence, he had instincts. Um, and so look, you know, Powell, that's one of the things she provided. Strangely, she also said, and this, she said this in the past, but frankly, I'd forgotten about it. I, maybe I wrote her off as a little bit wacko, um, but but now I remember she said that that a time traveling entity helped her understand that he, that Trump actually had not lost the election. So. Uh, it's very, I thought that was sort of interesting. And so that's what, that's what, uh, what Trump was relying on was her time traveling and his instincts. So the other thing she talked about was, um, and the other thing that came out was that if Trump had gotten to the point where the facts were that he had lost the election, he would bow out. Okay. Um, but why he wasn't bowing out was his instincts and that the evidence Powell had told him, meaning the time travel showed that he had not, and he was relying on that. And that's important because it's going to show that this was not a reasonable belief. Okay. Um, so she also said that he admitted or that um, she didn't know anything about election law, um, but that she does understand fraud and Trump was relying upon her. So if Trump was relying upon her and these are the things she was saying, I think the, the government will be able to prove that his, his belief was not reasonable. Um, she also said, by the way, against Rudy Giuliani, who's a, who's a defendant in Georgia and an unindicted co-conspirator in Jack Smith's D.C. case, that at a December 21st, 20, uh, 2020 meeting with Giuliani, Meadows and others, Rudy got really ugly. There was a big shouting match. He called Powell every name in the book, that she was the worst lawyer he'd ever seen in his life. He would never work with her and he called her horrible names, horrible swear words. So I think that's going to be pretty powerful testimony against Giuliani in Georgia. Then there's also the tapes by Jenna Ellis, where she recounts, then don't forget, she was also a lawyer who has pled guilty. She recounts that this was a coup and a plan to stay in office no matter what. She emphasized that the claims and the ability to challenge the election and the results were over, that they had lost 
that she had told them so, that she had said that. Um, and basically that Dan Scavino, Trump's aide, said the boss is not going to leave under any circumstances. We're going to stay in power. We don't care. We aren't going to leave. I mean, if that's not damning testimony, I don't know what is. Um, Fonnie Willis also said that the trial will not happen until after the election. It'll take many months and it may even go into the early part of 2025. Um, so that's just some of what came out today in the, um, in Fonnie Willis's case and her emergency, uh, her emergency request to now put a, put a, um, pot, like a, um, I'm losing the words, a protective order. Um, her, her, she's looking for an emergency protective order for the discovery in the case so that this, some of it, I think she's going to say, can't even be given over to the defendants and the defense attorneys that if they want to see it, they have to come to her office to look at it. So like these tapes, if that had been the case, they wouldn't be able to leak it to the press. People wouldn't get access to the actual recordings. And look, one of the other problems with this is, again, like in the, in Tanya Chutkin, um, the, the judge in the DC case, you know, there's this issue about having a fair trial and about poisoning the jury pool. And if this evidence, these tapes come in, uh, you know, if they, if they are out there for the world to see before any of the trial, I mean, what if these tapes can't come in because you know, they're hearsay, which they are hearsay, right? And as I said earlier, they might not come in unless the defendants, I'm sorry, the, the witnesses testify differently. But now the jury will have seen these tapes, right? They will have seen evidence that's not admissible, that's inappropriate, and they could be tainted by it. And it could impact the, the right to a fair trial on both sides. So that's why it's really important that you don't try these cases out in the court of public opinion, that you try them in actual court of law, and why so many people are seeking protective orders in order to preserve the integrity of the judicial process so that jurors aren't tainted by evidence that won't ultimately be admissible. Because in high profile cases, that's the risk. So Let's stay tuned and um, and see what happens there. And I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo with Legal AF. Join me and my co-hosts every Wednesday and every Saturday. Thanks for listening. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.